I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and the way a story should be told. I make it to the Hughes' house without incident and fall into bed after the bare minimum of a toilette. My breath slows, my mind clears as if swept by a diligent maid. But soon, the empty room that housed my thoughts becomes filled again, not with images from my day, my life, but with a foreign world that has always inhabited my dreams. A world of people and histories that I can't possibly know, but who feel as intimate as my own beating heart. I hear a laugh and a voice as devoted as a caress. <laughs> it always takes you time to warm to me, you know, he says. Oh, well, you're one to talk. Oh, no. I always love you from the first. Tonight, I don't see him, but hear only his voice. Yet he's here. So close that I long to fling myself into his arms, to stay in my night world and never wake up. an excerpt from Of Sand and Bone, which is coming this Christmas. It is book two of my breath series, which is at least book two, the big book. There's also a novella that is part of this series, and it is a historical fiction with fantasy and mystery and romance, and it is epic. And well, its premise is that well, it's about two lovers, Nif and Shirin, who are 6,000 years old, were born into an ancient culture in their first life and became Ninti, which were, which are these part spiritual, part human beings that are born over and over again and must find each other in each life and attempt to solve a mystery that plagues humanity in order to help sort of God continue with his great human experiment. So it is a really epic tale. And in this series, Nif and Shirin can only really communicate as their spiritual selves when um, in their human lives, they are sleeping and dreaming. And so that was part of that excerpt. And I have a lot of these sequences, these dream sequences, when they're communicating with one another in this series. And I think so many of them are informed by my own relationship with the dark, which has been really complicated throughout my life. I mean, as a child, I hated the dark. The way it made the air seem like a thing, an entity that could choke and confine me. And 
make my cheerful room with its lavender-flowered wallpaper take on this sinister bent. I imagined the sinewy hands that would at any time stretch out from behind my curtains, tearing at my clothes and flesh. I saw disembodied eyeballs floating in my window panes, likely just reflections of light, but try telling that to a 10-year-old. There were times when I quite literally believed I felt the presence of evil. Given my chicken-heartedness, I craved the most quick and oblivious surrender to the Sandman. And once I fell asleep, I wanted to stay asleep. Waking would force me to face the terror of the night, the ghosts, the vampires, and demons and monsters that I was sure lurked under my bed and in my closet and on my ceiling, in my very soul. But falling asleep wasn't always a grace. I have vivid recall of the nightmares that plagued my childhood years. The hungry pool drain that would suck me into its abyss. The vicious swarm of killer bees that terrorized me and my toy poodle Ida. And the quicksand that would suck me in, that I would fall prey to in my very backyard right near my swing set. Because even in sleep it turned out I couldn't always escape my fears. But fears have a way of fading, not only with the crack of dawn, but with the passage of time. Like many school-age grinds, sitting through Catholic Mass comes to mind, they can take on a very different character in adulthood. In my youth, the struggle was with succumbing to sleep right after I'd turn out the lights. Those minutes that could feel like hours when I was wrapped in my cocoon of blankets, clutching my crucifix and praying I'd make it until daybreak. Hoping against hope that I wouldn't have to get up to pee only to start the menacious process of falling asleep all over again. In my adult years, especially since I became a mother and getting up in the middle of the night was par for the course, there was a decided shift, not only in my sleep patterns, but more remarkably in the way I experienced the night. When my children were babies, Nocturnal awakenings were jarring and often difficult. I mean, I was plain exhausted, yet would stir at the faintest noise any indication that one of my infants was hungry, sick, or just lonely for company. 
I'd zombie walk to their cribs, dragging my feet, wearing a thousand-yard stare like one of the creatures I'd hoped never to encounter when I was a kid. But once I caught sight of my squirming mound and those tiny little fingers grabbing at the rails, my fatigue all but left me. After hours became a time that was just for me and my littles. I hardly thought at all about the more ominous qualities of the dark during those midnight calls. Whatever monsters had prowled my imagination in the years before my babies were born were no match for this mother's protective impulses anyway. It was in those sleepless years when my frights were obscured by love and biological imperative that my relationship with the dark began to change. I guess it had to. Even long after my children had grown accustomed to heavy, uninterrupted slumber, my mind and body continued colluding to awaken me at the slightest noise. I'd end up being up in the middle of the night quite a bit, and at first this was a very frustrating development. I'd been looking forward to a full night's sleep for years, only to have it denied by nothing in particular. It became such a nightly phenomenon that my husband began calling the hours between 1 and 2 in the morning, the time when I invariably found myself staring into the inky black, my witching hour. By definition, at least according to Merriam-Webster, the witching hour is an hour when supernatural events are thought to occur the time late at night when the powers of a witch, a magician, etc. are believed to be strongest. While I don't feel particularly powerful or witch-like when I'm up in the night, I have found that time to be a source of magic. As a child, it was a macabre magic melodramatic in its potential for occultist devilry and utterly disconnected from the more real-world dangers of nightfall. Ones like burglaries, house fires, and freak storms that might sweep a sleeping household away. As a woman, a mother, my witching hour has been far more filled with the commotion of nature and small town life than with ghostly moans and chain rattles. The din that drifts in through my open window includes the call of a night bird, the croak of a bullfrog, a train rattling by, Maybe a distant siren, a screaming fox, or the whoosh of wind, the shiver of a tree branch 
heavy with leaves. From inside the house, there are pipes clanging, floors creaking, the pitter of rain on our metal roof, laughter and music coming from my children's bedrooms. Sometimes I'll hear my phone ping. You up? My oldest daughter, a night owl, will text me. On these nights, my witching hour becomes a time of private jokes, sweet childlike snuggles I would never get during the day, and secrets that come spilling out as if I'd cast a truth-telling spell. About crushes and crushing fears, what if I fail? Should I end a friendship that's become toxic or try to reform it? How can I control my grimmest thoughts and impulses? Will I ever find someone to love me? As I whisper my responses, I quite literally feel the love in my heart as if it's corporeal, heavy, magnetic, radiant. Then there are the nights my witching hour lives entirely in my head producing hours of streaming content devoted to my specific flights of the imagination. Ones of captivating people fully versed in enchantments and intrigues who go on to inhabit wild, bold worlds. The damsels in distress, super baddies, warriors, wretches and libertines that stalk the ancient palaces, infinite deserts, and craggy mountains of my fantasies. Historic events are relived, reimagined, or entirely contrived. All of these threatening to find their way onto my blank computer screen. Come morning. I suspect tonight will be another one of those nights because most nights are. And if you find yourself waking up to the dark, staring into the inky black as I do, I hope that you will let your imagination run away with you and that you will put fret and worry aside and maybe think of me when you're doing so and wonder what I'm thinking about I'll be wondering what you're thinking about because the night is magic that way it is such a time of creativity a reader wrote to me and said and called it the womb of creativity the night is the womb of creativity and I just thought that was so beautiful because the night does feel like a womb and I do hope that it treats you all that way tonight so until next time. Stay cold, my friends, and get a good night's sleep.